When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. post-game show, not just a regular loser's lounge, a losing season lounge. Boo! Oh, yikes. <laughs> yikes, indeed, Zach. Five, count them, five consecutive losing seasons for the Denver Broncos. Something, honestly, Zach, you know, both of us grew up here in Denver. Both of us, uh, or at least in Colorado, both of us you know, uh, have been watching the Broncos our entire lives up until four years ago. We had never even seen back-to-back losing seasons in our entire lives. I never thought five consecutive—it was uh, five consecutive losing seasons was incomprehensible to me just five years ago. Honestly, two losing seasons in a row was incomprehensible just five years ago. You know, Broncos coming off a winning season five years ago, right after they had just won a Super Bowl the year before that. And, you know, uh, now, in the immortal words of Emmanuel Sanders, we have been stuck in this world of suck for five years. Six straight seasons of missing the playoffs on top of that, Ryan. And now we're at the point where, remember when it was that second straight losing season and it was such a big deal then? And now oh, it's yeah. just like, okay, just a, just another one. Just throw another one on. It doesn't matter. And that's that's how bad it is. That's how bad the world of suck is, is when that's just the norm now, Ryan. Yeah, it's uh, you're, you're so right. Um, as we were, you know, I remember as we were trending towards that second losing season. And, and you know, I framed my tweet in a specific way about this because I don't think Pat Bullen deserves any credit for the, you know, the Vance Joseph consecutive losing seasons that broke that streak um but you know that you know going back to that it it had never happened in pat boland's uh 
entire time running the day-to-day operations of the Denver Broncos. At the time, it was the longest streak uh, of any NFL team. And I just remember leading up to that, and it was such a big storyline. Oh, man, if they lose one more game or, you know, if they lose two more games, they're going to have the consecutive losing seasons. And, now, and you're right. And now it's just nothing. It's 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 commonplace. Um, and that's why it, it, it's got to be time for big, big changes. Now, there are some big changes coming that we already know about. Uh, Joe Ellis told us in the offseason that the Denver Broncos will have new ownership by the time next season starts. So that's something to look forward to. Um, you know, you, you hope that they get the right person in place to go on a Pat Bolin-esque run, you know, more Super Bowl appearances than losing seasons in the Pat Bolin era, or at least depending on how you slice the Pat Bolin era. Um, but it's, you're, it, it's time for something big. So you get that one. And then Zach, I have to believe that this is the beginning, uh, well, not the beginning, the end of the end for the Vic Fangio era. So you get changes coming there. You'll likely see change at quarterback again for the Denver Broncos. Um, and, and so in this off season, you know, we talk about the pillars of a winning franchise. It's the owner, it's the general manager, it's the head coach, and it's the quarterback. And in this off season, the Broncos, in my opinion, will likely be replacing three of the four with a chance to get it right. That's the positive side of things. But, man, how many times can you go through this cycle? It, apparently, you can do it every, you know, one to three years, Ryan, as we found out here. And and it's it's unfortunate because Vic got this third season to build continuity. Pat Shermer got this next season to build continuity. And you know what? Continuity, it's got him two games better than last year. Five and 11 last year, Ryan. If the season Yay. were just 16 games now, then the Broncos would would finish seven and nine. So George Payton has to look and say, can they get get two games better next year? And I think George Payton's going to say not without some major, major changes. And Pat Shermer is kind of at the forefront of this, Ryan. Uh, I, I think it would today was not a good look for, for Vic Fangio, but without a doubt, Pat Shermer is done with the Broncos after one week from now. And that's also, let's add that to the pillar. In today's NFL, where offense is everything, offensive coordinator is one of those positions. The Broncos have not had a good offensive coordinator since Gary Kubiak was here, and and he was the head coach. And even their offensive coordinator, they they had some changes. So, I mean, you have to go way back to find the time the Broncos had had a good, consistent offensive coordinator. You just have not had that around here. So that's something else to add. And you're right, Ryan, it does give you hope. But now there's so many things you have to hit on. Ownership, head quarterback, uh, offensive coordinator. Now, you don't have to hit aces on every single one of those. But man, if you only get go one for four in those, that's going to be tough if it's not a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. And quarterback is going to be the most important part of that. Here in the second segment, we'll talk a little bit more about where the Broncos should look um, to replace some of that position, uh, some of those positions. And honestly, um, as the offseason goes on, of course, we'll be talking about that a lot. And, and I say goes on because it feels like the offseason started a few minutes ago or maybe a few weeks ago, depending on how you slice it. Um, <clears throat> but we talk about the quarterback and it's what everyone is already at each other's throats about in the comments. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Drew Locke today. It, it, to me, it's almost a mirror image 
of last week's game where you look down at the stats and you say, well, what can you even point to here that you didn't like? Um, and I do think there was a lot of things that you saw from Drew Locke today that you could like. Um, you see little things that he grew upon, um, you know, over the last season. He was stepping up in the pocket a little bit better. Little things like that. Uh, and so, you know, if this was week two, Zach, and that was this was, you know, kind of goes to my point last last week after the game where I said, you know, I think you learned that Drew Locke probably should have started this whole season, especially because it, it ended up being a wasted season anyway. There are little things that you can point to and say, man, that was that was that was interesting. That, you know, that's nice to see from Drew if it was week two. At this point, it's too little, too late. Um, and while you saw nice things from Drew Locke, you look down and you say, how can your quarterback have a, you know, 120 passer rating and nice stats and you score six points. It, exactly it. Exactly. And that's where you have to look at. Cause you're right, Ryan, last week, uh, Drew didn't have any turnovers this week. Drew didn't have any turnovers. And so I have to give Drew credit there. No turnovers. That's the most important thing for him to do to not just show the Broncos that he can be a guy moving forward, but really to show other NFL teams that he can be uh, a quality backup or have some potential moving forward. And that was something that he did there, uh, in these past two games, but Ryan, it's the overall offensive output that is the biggest indictment on Drew because his stats are better than his play. And so I think I think he falls somewhere in between his stats and the offensive stats because for a second straight week, Ryan, the Broncos offense scores 13 points. And last week, you can really say the Broncos offense scored six points. Yeah. Today, the Broncos offense scored six points until absolute garbage time. So that has to be a huge indictment on the quarterback position. And of course, the rest of the offense, the head coach, the running game, the offensive line, the receivers, everything, of the course. Coordinator. But we give the the quarterback the, the most credit when the offense is good. They should also probably get the most blame as well. And the offensive performance, again, this time they put up 319 yards today, much better than the 158 last week. So an improvement there. But you had a hundred of those yards coming in the fourth quarter when the game was truly garbage time. So not a great offensive output. And three of 11 on third down. Here's where I will give Drew credit, though, the toughness that he that he showed in the heart. Ryan, we've never questioned Drew's toughness and, and Drew's heart. Uh, he's a guy that you want to cheer for. Man, when he's on the sidelines, when he's at his press conferences, when he's getting up from being crushed, when he's coming back after probably suffering a, a pretty painful shoulder injury in this game, all the credit to him. But Ryan, we saw what 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 a franchise quarterback looks like on the other side of the ball. Justin Herbert, Man, did he did he look the part today, even after struggling at the beginning? That's how you turn it on. And unfortunately, the Broncos, Drew Locke, uh, Brett Rippon, Teddy Bridgewater, they're just, they, heck, even Kendall Hinton, they're just so far. The Broncos are so far away from what needed a franchise quarterback. Yeah, they really are. And so you look to the offseason and you think about some of the options they'll have there. Obviously, three main ones, right? You've got Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and the draft. Uh, and the draft is always the great unknown, and it's always fun to talk about as we move closer. And we've seen some of these guys uh, in bowl games over the last week or so. Um, really tough to see what happened to Matt Corral last night. Just fingers crossed. That, and, you know, uh, what what you think is the fallout of this game? And really, you know, who are you looking at in this game? And how much of this game was about the Broncos COVID absences. Cause I knew 
before the game started, it does not matter what who's out. I mean, you could take all 53 players out. People are still going to be pissed if they lose. But be the voice of reason here, Zach, uh, or maybe not. How big was it? What were they supposed to do, Ryan? I mean, the Broncos were set up for failure from the absolute get-go. And Vic Fangio, I love the attitude he took on Thursday and Friday. He said, no excuses for this game. We're really going to go into this game and, and, and try to win, fight to win. We, I love the attitude of our guys. And that's the attitude he had to have because he knew what was he what he was going into, Ryan. I can't believe the Broncos were only seven and a half point dogs. Uh, it's like the rest of the country didn't know what the Broncos were dealing with on the uh, with the COVID situation. They should have been fourteen and a half point dogs, which is huge in an NFL game. That's how bad it was. Uh, and so, what what were the Broncos supposed to do? They were missing more than half of their starters on the defensive side of the ball, the de the defense that's supposed to carry them. They're missing half of their starters. On the offensive side of the ball, you're with your backup quarterback, who then turns into your third-string quarterback uh, about a quarter into the game. You're with one true NFL-wide receiver. No, resp no disrespect to the other guys, but Kendall Hinton, he's an end-of-the-roster wide receiver. Seth Williams, uh, Fulgham, you're calling up from the practice squad. So you have Cortland Sutton, and he stepped up today for the first time in a long time, which was good to see. Uh, and then your offensive line, you're on your third string right tackle. Third string right tackle. Think about how bad that is going up against Joey Bosa. And then what happens? Your left guard goes out in the middle of the game and you have to bring in a backup at Not that even the spot middle. Too. I think it was the first play. Yeah, yeah, you you you're right. And so what what are you supposed to do? And then and then it, it it trickles down to special teams. The special teams for the Broncos was awful today, Ryan. Absolutely terrible, but Tom McMahon's working with with guys that haven't played special teams in so long. With practice squad guys, pretty much made up his entire special teams unit. Ryan, the Broncos were almost out 20 players just purely to COVID. So this game, honestly, if you want to evaluate anyone, you probably shouldn't do it in this game. And I'm talking about everything from, from all of the coaches uh, to Drew Locke. I mean, he, he was under pressure. He made a couple really good throws and decisions under pressure as well. Uh, but also there, there were, there were just a lot of, of things that weren't fair to grade people on in this game. And that's not an excuse. It's just with where the Broncos are right now, man, this game was tough. Yeah, it was. And, and honestly, Zach, that's why you'll you won't hear a lot of analysis uh, from us as it relates to this game because I like you said what were they supposed to do and for me it's what did you expect what did you expect you saw the list of guys who were out uh yeah. you knew what was on the other side they had a fairly healthy team I mean a very healthy team considering the standards in 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 today's NFL right now yeah. so it was they were doomed from the start they were on the road and if anyone here was deserve any of these main pillars that we're talking about were deserving of the benefit of the doubt. Maybe we could give it to him. Maybe we could give Vic Fangio the benefit of the doubt on this one. And, and at least when I look at the defense, you know, the scoreboard, I kind of do give him the benefit of the doubt. But the defense, you know, they, there's no way they were going to play uh, well enough to win given a 13 point total. Um, Drew Locke, you can't evaluate him when he, you know, like you said, he's throwing it to Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant. And Noah Fant was a really big bright spot in this game. You see that when a quarterback wants to, you know, look downfield a little bit, you can unlock a different side of Noah Fant, who is our DraftKings king of the game. And we were hard on Noah all year. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm really, really impressed 
with the way that he's looked over the last few games of the season. So, uh, you know, I want to I want to give him credit where credit's due. He's breaking tackles. He's running with ferocity. He's looking like a weapon tight end. And I'm so excited and, and I'm excited about this for a lot of reasons, but I'm so excited to see what Noah Fant could do with a legitimate quarterback, a legitimate guy, if they were to go get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. I think you'd see Noah Fant become a household name, just in the same way that happened with Julius Thomas. And I think he's even a, a little bit, slightly more complete player than Julius Thomas, although Julius was just such an athletic freak that, you know, he's a ma- he was a mismatch for just about anyone you could put on him. Um, but on the whole, it, it, you know, you, you, you couldn't evaluate Pat Shermer off of this game. You couldn't evaluate Vic Fangio off this game. And the one who's taking it the hardest, you also probably can't evaluate Tom McMahon off of this game because, when you know, when, when tons of players go out, most of those guys are coming away from special teams, even when they're not coming away from the other units. So all of those people, if any of them had earned the benefit of the doubt, I'd be sitting up in my chair to give it to them. But none of them have. No one has the benefit of the doubt. So, you know, I, I can't I can't necessarily feel bad for them or make excuses for them because none of them earned the benefit of the doubt over the entire body of their work. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. You mentioned a couple things there, and I got to get your opinion. What did you think of Vic Fangio being ultra conservative or ultra aggressive going for it on fourth down after fourth down after fourth down? Uh, it... I, I like it, I guess. Um, the the weird thing is, like, it was it was it went away in points where I thought it shouldn't have, and it stayed in points when I thought it shouldn't have. Um, case in point, uh, the fourth down, fourth and goal, um, and they what was it? They did they get a penalty on it? Um, an earlier one in the first in the first half, I think it was. I don't know. I'm losing track of when it was. The fir- first fourth and goal they went for. I actually, and you never hear this from me, was saying take the points. It was clear that they were getting stuffed on that goal line. And to me, it was forcing it at the wrong time when I believe it was, yes, 10-0 at the time. You make it a one-score game if you get it. Um, that was the time I thought, don't go for it. Then then late in the game, you know, uh, I'm saying, okay, well, you know, you're down by 17 you just need a touchdown here. I get it. You kick the field goal, so you make it a two-score game. But it's like, no, now is the time to be aggressive because if you're going to have a chance, you know, 10 points is a lot more fathomable than 14. Didn't like that. You you, you score, and, yeah, you're down three scores late uh, with seven minutes left, but then you don't go onside. It was like, I don't know. It, 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 I liked the idea of being ultra-aggressive, and then I felt he – he wavered a little bit and maybe pressed some of the wrong buttons. Yeah. Just no identity there. And, and, and I like the identity of being super aggressive, but when it's not there all the time, then you can't really sell that to, to your players. You can't sell that based off what you're doing. Then it's, then it just seems like you're kind of just throwing with your eyes closed, not knowing what you're doing. And so I, I agree one for four on third on fourth downs. I like that the Broncos tried, but man, Ryan, when you combine the third and fourth down efficiency, four of 15, yikes, that's not going to get it done. And then, of course, I got to ask you about the Denver special, the L.A. special. I, I don't know what we call it now. Certainly can't call it the Philly special because it oh. did not work. What did you think? Because everyone is blasting Pat Shermer over it. Okay, so... First of all, I like the play design. 
Um, now, okay. Pat Shermer didn't come up with that. I've seen it, it. I've seen that exact version of the Philly special before. It's not exactly the Philly special, but you know, obviously, that's what you turn to when you see a play like that because that was so legendary. Um, I've seen that one before, and here's the problem: is what happens when you get those guys up up on the line, and you should have, you know, you needed to have a second play in there for Drew Locke to be able to say, uh, "I think we need to get out of this." Because you get, you know, uh, so many players up on the line. And I think it was Adderley who was right up on the line of scrimmage. Well, what happens yeah. is you hand the ball off to Mike Boone. And he, all of those people who are coming off the edge are going to chase him. But then you give it right back to someone going the other way, which is right where those guys are. It was an easy reaction for them. So, again, you know, I felt like maybe Drew, I don't know if he had two calls in there. You usually do in the NFL. I felt like Drew maybe needed to get them out of that one um, based on the look they were getting. Um, but I don't know. The worst part about it to me is that Drew Locke goes out of the game. He's hurt and, you know, comes back in, gets shot up, whatever. couple plays later, you're running QB sneak and he's getting popped. And then a couple of plays later, you call a play to, to make him a wide receiver and he gets crushed again. I was like, do you really just not like you don't care? You just don't care what happens to Drew Locke in this game. Like if you're serious about winning, you need to make sure you protect him because we saw what it looked like for Brett Rippon. And it didn't look pretty in the couple of plays that he was out there. So uh, that was the part that I was like, you didn't take that one off the playlist when your quarterback was hurt. Yeah, it, it, that's a that's a very good point. And Ryan, I think it's clear what the Broncos and Pat Shermer were trying to do. They wanted Kendall Hinton to throw the ball and take over as the quarterback because yeah. they, they they were okay with seeing you know Brett even not be the quarterback and Hinton in, and they wanted to see Hinton so much they let him throw the ball. And I mean that was it, it honestly was a really good play call by the Chargers to have that. And they could have got burned by it. It, it. If the Broncos instead do a quick little screen pass or something, Broncos would have benefited greatly. Just didn't work out. Drew Locke was so wide open until Kendall Hinton was getting absolutely destroyed. Yep. Uh, quickly, I hate that we have to do this every week, but stop being disrespectful to each other. You don't need to be calling people names and saying disrespectful things if you're doing that in the chat we're gonna have to kick you out we don't want to have to do that so you know you can have discussion about football but come on guys you know let's be adults here we don't need to be calling people names and and being disrespectful to each other this is supposed to be a welcoming community so keep that in mind don't want to kick anyone out of here um yeah there you go Please. You know what they say, Ryan, if uh, if you make super producer Kale unhappy, no one's happy. It's very true. You, you know, happy producer, happy show. <laughs> happy show, happy life. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and of course, we got to give a quick shout out to the DNVR bar. So uh, first of all, thank you to everyone who came down to the DNVR bar today. Um, but second of all, Zach, I don't know how I've gone this long. A few weeks ago, I think like two weeks ago, we updated our menu and we put a uh, double-dipped uh, double chicken sandwich on the menu, fried chicken sandwich, and I had not had it until today. I'm not kidding you when I tell you this is the best chicken sandwich I've ever had from a place that wasn't labeled a chicken sandwich joint. This thing is absolutely 
incredible. I'm I'm craving another one. That's it was so good. I'm craving another one right now. I would eat it back to back meals. It looked like it would even compete with chicken places, right? It looks so freaking good. And it the do, sauce was oozing out. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you got the chipotle aioli on there. They don't short you on the pickles, which um, some people don't like pickles, but you know, a classic chicken sandwich is going to have pickles on there. And a lot of times, you, even when you go to one of those chicken places, you get like one or two pickles on there. No, mm-hmm. they, they give you a nice layer of pickles on there so you can get that fresh little you know, um, flavor in every bite. Uh, I, I just can't believe it. So go down to the DNVR bar when you get a chance. Try that chicken sandwich. I guarantee you will not be disappointed. The other thing, it was a whole chicken breast on there, like straight up what you'd see at like a, an Italian restaurant for chicken parm, just like a big slab. Oh, it was amazing. Ryan, they, I, I call that a week of groceries right there, man. That That is a great <laughs> value. <laughs> and something else that is a great place to go is our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. Michael and Chevalier are fantastic if you're looking to buy a home. If you're looking to refinance, they take the stress out of that entire process by not just looking at one rate. They look at your entire financial picture, which is so key when you're looking to refinance or buy a home because Michael is a certified financial planner, meaning he can ha- he has the tools to look at more than just an interest rate for you. And they are such great service that you can give them a call directly at 303-257-6578 and go visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. That's dnvrmortgage.com. And not only will you get an opportunity to get a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice, but you'll get set up with a free consultation, which is so key. Free consultation. They're not trying to rip you off here. They're trying to help you. So check them out over at dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Wow. Uh, we got to hit this right away. An insane super chat coming in uh, from Stephen Scholey, ninety nine ninety nine. We uh, we can't thank you enough, uh, Stephen, uh, aka uh, True Champ Fan twenty four. Uh, thank you so so much for the super chat. He says, "I hope uh, changes are made tomorrow with the playoff hopes sealed." Also, my heart goes out to all those affected by the fire. As a former wildland firefighter, my heart breaks for all involved. Love y'all, True Champ Fan twenty four. Uh, great message, and it's definitely something that I wanted to mention on the show today. Um, heart goes out to everyone affected. Uh, as you saw, uh, my sister was one of those who lost her home in the fires. Uh, just tragic all around. Um, I thought there was a chance we were, we're going to be able to say that um, we didn't lose anyone in the fire, but it does look like now that there were a, a couple fatalities, so it's a special uh, place in our hearts for those families. And um, uh, and a thank you uh, to everyone who contributed to uh, the fundraiser that we put on um, with our shirt that we put out. You can still see that over at dnvrlocker.com. Uh, really, really cool shirt that obviously is uh, going to be special to us. And, and Zach, um, we sold hundreds of these things. And Brandon, uh, our CEO, announced right after we put it out that we're going to match the donation that comes from that. So in total, Zach, we raised as a community fifty thousand, fifty thousand dollars for the victims, um, which really just like touches my heart uh, to see how much this community steps up um, in in times of need for those people around us that need it. Um, so again, thank you to everyone who participated, and and, and our heart really does go out um, to all those who are affected. 
Yeah, it, and Ryan just it's it gives me the chills and the goosebumps right now just seeing how in what a span of 72 hours how our community embraced the 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 Boulder County community and really helped people and Ryan I'm so sorry to hear that about your your sister and, and I hope they're doing as good as they can be right now and and also as Steven said uh, a huge shout out and thank you to the first responders who who went out there when everyone was running out as the orders were uh, as the orders told them to, they're the ones going in there and just ha how brave they were and just a thank you doesn't even doesn't do close to justice. Yeah, uh, a couple members uh, of Broncos country. I know uh, that I that I specifically see on Twitter um, were out there fighting the fires. Uh, Charlie was one uh, who I spoke to in my mention. So, you know, thank you to all of them. Uh, and again, um, just a, just a heartbreaking situation overall and, and uh, definitely, you know, thinking of my sister and my brother-in-law um, who are going through a tough time, but, but everyone uh, that was affected um, just, just know we're thinking of you. Uh, and another place, Zach, that actually um, is contributing big time to this is Breckenridge Brewery. So I want to give a yeah. shout out to them before we get out of here. Um, they, they stepped up as well, um, giving, I, I want to say they were doing 10% of everything sold across the country um, this weekend was going to go to, to the victims of the fire. So thank you to Breck Brew for that. Absolutely. That's so cool. and, and that's what Breck, Breckenridge Brewery has always been about. And that's what's so cool about so many of the companies we partner with. Not only are they are they into giving back, but they're about this community as well. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's not by accident. Those are the people that we want to align ourselves with. Um, and, yep. and we hope that you will, too. Um, OK, Zach, uh, tough, always a tough transition in, in times like these. But um, let's transition here uh, and, and talk about the future a little bit. Now, I want to start here because I said before the show, we'll talk about how that's the final nail in the coffin for Vic. And you said, mm, not so fast, my friend. You aren't convinced now, again, before everyone bashes you in the chat, because I've had it happen to me. This is not your take on what you think can happen, but you're not necessarily convinced that the Broncos uh, are going to are gonna move on from Vic after the season? Yeah, and Ryan, it goes back to what we talked about in the first segment. What were you expecting in this game? What, what with, with half of his defensive starters out, with the backup quarterback in, uh, with you know barely enough guys to field a roster in this game? And by the way, all of this happened, all the COVID stuff happened at the end of the week, so you don't even get a full week with all of these new guys. What were you expecting in this game? Why would this game be the final straw from Vic Fangio? If 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 the blowout was the final straw. Okay, okay. That that's the only way I can see this being the final straw is if George Payton came into this game saying, "We're not going to win the game. We're probably not going to cover the seven and a half points in this game." But if he can keep it within twenty, then it doesn't change my mind. My my mind of of Vic right now. And then the Broncos go out and get blown out by twenty one points. Okay, I could see that. But outside of that, if if George Payton had his mind made going into this game, then. It shouldn't have been changed by this game, in my opinion. If he was going to blow him out if after the season was over, he's certainly still going to blow him out now. If he really liked Vic, I think he still can really like Vic after this game. Now, Ryan, if it comes out again next week and you get blown out by 21 points by the Chiefs at home, which could very easily happen, uh, especially with how the Broncos could be hit with COVID even more this week, 
then you really got to take a look and say, maybe my evaluation on Vic a couple weeks ago was wrong, but I just don't know how this game could change your feelings on Vic that much. And clearly, everyone in the comments section entering this game, they weren't about Vic. Of course, this game's not going to change your mind and say, maybe I am about Vic now. But as we talked about it last week, Ryan, George Payton, if he was out on Vic last week, he should have made the move then. And I know there's some people out there saying, it doesn't matter when you make the move. Yes, it does. Last year, it wouldn't have mattered when you made the move. It does matter. Now, does it help 100%? Does it help you t tons? Probably not. But does it? if it helps you 5%, finding your next head coach, if you have a 5% increase of getting the better guy by, by making a move a week or two early, that is, in my mind, that is absolutely worth it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 so I understand your point now. You're saying if there was a final nail in the coffin, it had already happened. Um, right. If there wasn't, this wasn't it. And I can buy that. I think that's a really good point. Um, this shouldn't be your final nail in the coffin. Um, but at the same time, w the way that it could be the final nail in the coffin is if there was the playoff mandate that that Mace has been talking about the whole season, um, saying saying essentially, hey, look, you make the playoffs, we'll talk about you know another year. Miss the playoffs, that's three in a row. You know, as Mace pointed out on the DNVR.com this week, coaches who don't make the playoffs in each of their first three seasons uh, do not have a good track record uh, in the future beyond that. Just kind of like what people were talking about with Drew Locke last year about how you know. If, if you're not it through two seasons, it's it's not likely that you will be in the future, and that's how that's how kind of what the data points to uh, with coaches. Now, obviously, every situation is different, um, but there's a lot of data that supports that, and that's just missing the playoffs. This is consecutive losing seasons in three straight years. Most coaches don't survive that. So again, if there was the playoff mandate, then this would be the final nail in the coffin because the Broncos going into the game today, I don't know what happened with the Steelers. Did they get that one too? They played tomorrow. Later? Okay. So going into the game today, everything the Broncos needed to happen had happened, meaning they could have gone to sleep tonight still in the playoff picture if they had any chance in this game, which they didn't from start to finish. Yeah, and Ryan, I mean, that's a, that's a convincing argument that Vic was able to keep them in the playoffs till the very final week of the season. That would have been uh, an argument right there. Then Vic gets Teddy back for the final game because we know that, that Teddy would have been Vic's guy in a do-or-die playoff situation. Who knows? Now, now the odds, the Broncos needed four more things to happen next week, but it doesn't matter because they weren't able to live up to their odds, hey, their, their end of the deal. Ryan, it would have been so much fun cheering for the Steelers tomorrow or cheering for the Browns to beat the Steelers tomorrow night and having one more week of excitement. Now, Vic did live up to George Payton, what George Payton publicly said about being competitive in November and December. The Broncos played multiple games in no, in December when, when they were still in the thick of things. And so, Behind the scenes, seems like there's been a playoff mandate publicly. It's playing competitive games. Now, Vic falls somewhere in between there. So we're going to see in the next eight days what George Payton's going to do. But, Ryan, this I, – I said this game didn't – you can't really judge anyone from it. I think the nail in the coffin, the final nail in the coffin, has been there for Pat Shermer. And I think that's been there for a while now. Why don't you make a move kind of just like Vic? Well, you don't you don't get to interview offensive coordinators just like you do before the season ends with head coaches now. So 
does it help you if you move on from him? If you move on from him, what you're saying is uh, that this just isn't good enough, and that's fine. Vic could have Vic could have moved on from Pat. George could have moved on from Pat just to send a message to the locker room, the fan base, the organization that what's happening on offense isn't good enough because clearly it's not. 13 points back to back weeks, really. It was six points this week, helped by a 61 yard record field goal for Brandon McManus, uh, and then last week you had uh, Bradley Chubb near pick six, which helped you get that. Of course, it, there's nothing good with that, but maybe they're just waiting until the end of the season to for that to be their biggest move and say, we're going to keep Vic for one more year for a variety of reasons. Ownership, one of them we haven't even touched on now, and that's going to be the big scapegoat. And it, Pat Shermer wouldn't just be a scapegoat if they moved on from him. He has been very, very bad. He would be, I don't know, deserved to get fired. Yeah, he's been a failure. And just an abject failure. Um there's you there's not even one single feather that he could put in his cap uh from his time here in my opinion and zach i'll just tell you this uh the next jet motion i want to see is the broncos team plane backing away from their gate with pat Shermer uh still in the concourse <laughs> a little uh antonio brown situation just have yeah. pat take his shirt off and walk off the field next week just waving to everyone that that, you... that that would unfortunately be the loudest standing ovation he got that would be uh did you see there's a picture of uh of antonio brown waiting outside the stadium for a ride dude i thought that was <laughs> fake until i saw it for about the 17th time and i'm like wait this is this is actually him this is real the only reason why I believed it was real is because it was the same exact outfit that he was wearing in the picture that he tweeted after the game. <laughs> He's done, right? I mean, in the NFL. Uh, I've said that like four times, so uh, I have well, that, no idea. It, it, it seemed like that was the place that was going to give him chance after chance. And you know what? They gave him chance after chance. Holy cow. What? I mean... The Broncos game was embarrassing. That game, almost losing to the Jets, and then that happening, whew, that's right what? up there. Have we heard more information about what the – the only uh, additional information I heard, which is so good, is that the the security saw him out of the corner of their eye after they already – after he had already taken his shirt off, and they thought he was a streaker. So they were about to go run and tackle him. <laughs> Before someone was like, no, no, that's Antonio Brown. Wait, did you guys see the picture of him waiting outside yeah, we uh, the Meadowlands <laughs> for an so Uber? Funny. Just... You, you know, the craziest thing, I, I'm sure you've seen the thing about how that cost him a million dollars in bonuses because he was on track to hit three $333,000 bonuses in the next week. So that decision cost him a million dollars. But what's crazy is he was the one that made the decision. Apparently, Bruce Arians was, was telling him to go in the game, get in the game, and he was saying no. And then Bruce said, fine, if you're not getting the game, get out of here. And that's that's what led to that. So I, it wasn't even like Bruce Arians saying, bud, you can't go in for whatever reason. And then he got pissed and said, oh, I'm going to miss out on a million. No, he said, I want to miss out on a mill. I mean, uh, as crazy as it is, a mill just doesn't matter to people like him. <laughs> Which is um, crazy. It, it's really crazy to say. <laughs> but I had I had the exact opposite impression. I had thought they weren't playing him he thought it was because of the bonuses and that's when he that's when he was just like screw this i'm out of here see that's what i that's what i thought too but i i saw, i think it was a legitimate report saying what what i saw yeah 
uh, un- unbelievable. Um, I don't know. Oh, that came from Pat Shermer. Yeah, Pat, he's done. Um, Tom McMahon. Tom McMahon is, I don't even know. I mean, he's more. he's got more lives than a cat. Um, I thought the nail in the coffin came two years ago, two years, and he survived all of last year. Guess what? Nothing improved. And then you get to this year and it got worse. Um, Now, I don't know exactly what the total, you know, special teams, DVOA numbers, all that stuff, but you've had two kick return touchdowns against you this year. Um, That's unfathomable. Five return touchdowns. Just in the Vic Fangio era, and remember, Tom McMahon was a holdover before that, so he had a year before that. Five return touchdowns. Zach, return touchdowns don't happen in the NFL. Those are very, very, very rare. There are teams that go years and years without one. In fact, the Los Angeles Chargers haven't had a kickoff return for a touchdown since 2012, the year that Peyton Manning got to Denver. It's mind-boggling. I know we had tough circumstances today, but like I said earlier, doesn't matter what your circumstances were when your body of work is garbage, and his body of work is garbage. Uh, and this is part of Vic Fangio digging his own grave. He kept Tom McMahon around. He kept Pat. He hired Pat Shermer and fired a guy behind him who was showing promise. So that, to me, is what I think will be the eventual nail in the coffin. You know, the the big nail in the coffin will be: look, this is your coaching staff. And this team failed because of your coaching staff. Yeah. And Ryan, what was it? Mike Shanahan, the general manager, got Mike Shanahan, the head coach, fired. Vic Fangio, as a head coach, I mean, it's not like he's been the Mike Shanahan of head coaches. Certainly not. I'm not trying to say that his game management has been absolutely terrible. But at the end of the day, what's going to get Vic Fangio fired, if that's the route they go this year, is Vic Fangio, the... uh, Uh, the manager of his football team, game management, but more importantly, the hires that he has and or hasn't made, the decisions that he's made on the offensive side of the ball and at special teams coordinator. Because look, we said give Vic three seasons and he will have this defense elite. That's what he did in San Francisco when he got there. That's what he did in Chicago when he got there. Uh, Has has a defense shown flashes the first two seasons of, of his career here? Yeah, it's shown flashes, but it hasn't been elite this year. The defense has been elite. Now, it doesn't look good after a game coming off where they just let up 34 points, but his defense is still the second best scoring defense in the NFL, only to the New England Patriots. So he's done good enough on the defensive side of the ball. He's done what he's needed to do. But then who are you going to blame? For for the the change the lack of changes he's made at at offensive coordinator and special teams as and as much as you know I may want to try to give the benefit of the doubt to Vic there there's no arguing that and special teams is important when it's really bad and offense is obviously the number one thing and the Broncos don't have that and that does fall under Vic Fangio's watch and not only a hundred and one kick return uh, taken to the house but on top of that. You have a 47-yard kick return to open up the game, which absolutely takes the energy out of the team because the defense looked really bad after that, but then they stepped up until it got to to garbage time. The defense played well, and then you also have Deontay Spencer. Ryan, how does he have a job? What what is he doing here? Uh, That was just a brutal muffed punt, and it's just week after week you can look at special teams and say, what is happening here? And week after week, it's the exact same staff. It's the exact same guys. Yeah, and the same issues over and over again. Um, I will say, 
Great job, Vic. Congratulations. Fantastic super timeout today. Um, <laughs> ten, honestly, 10 out of 10 on the super chat, uh, super timeout meter. Um, very proud of Vic for that one. Nailed it on the head. And you know one what? Of eight on, uh, one of eight on challenges, but eight of eight on super timeouts. Eight of eight on super timeouts. Incredible work. Um, it wasn't even that close. There's no way he even had enough time before he threw that flag to get a good look from upstairs. And, um, none of that matters because they held the chargers to a field goal on that drive, meaning the super timeout was successful. Got those guys rested up, got them a little bit of water in them and got them energized to, uh, to hold up and force a field goal. You're just trying to get on uh, pardon my take again with this super timeout. <laughs> the super timeouts are so elite. Uh, you know what else is elite though? is Strava craft coffee. Check out our friends over at Strava craft coffee. They've got CBD, infused coffee uh, for when you take a super time out from working and have a little coffee break uh, you want that Strava craft coffee not only because it's delicious but because it has that CBD infusion which a lot of people say if they deal with the coffee jitters that helps with the coffee jitters Zach I know you're big on that um, and then you know people talk about uh, headaches migraines um, joint pain so many different things that having that consistent CBD infusion every single day coming to you uh, straight out of your coffee cup can really help us. So check out our friends over at StravaCraft Coffee. Use the code DNVR25 to get 25% off your first order. Ryan, yesterday over at DraftKings Sportsbook, I said, I got to get in on some action. So I did a five-team parlay in college. The first couple were crazy. I somehow hit, I got Oklahoma State to come back uh, in the afternoon game. I got Ohio State to come back. My other two before that hit as well. So I'm going into the night game feeling so good about my 13 to 1 odd parlay on DraftKings Sportsbook. And then Matt Corral got hurt. And oh. that just ripped my soul out. But you know what? It would have been okay if it was a free bet because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, they're giving you $200 in free bets right now, which you can use on crazy 13-to-1 parlays. You can use it on just a 1-to-1 game if you want to. You can get in on Sunday Night Football. And how you get $200 in free bets, if you start an account with DraftKings Sportsbook, bet $5 on any NFL team to win, and they win, They'll give you your winnings plus $200 in free bets, which then you can use on any game. And now is the time to do it. Ryan, we got we got NFL playoff football pretty much this coming Saturday. We're about to have two games on Saturday, which mean a lot. We're going to have a full day of Sunday football plus an awesome Sunday night football game, which those games are going to be announced pretty soon here. And there's no better way to do it than with $200 in free bets over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get $200 in free bets by placing a $5 bet on any NFL team to win. That's code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Your six is apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, I made two big bets at DraftKings. Two bets, actually, entirely this whole weekend at DraftKings. Um, one, you'll love this one. Heavy on, heavy on the tide. Let's go, baby. Uh, Let's go. Heavy on the tide. <laughs> a big win on the tide. And then I got a little crazy. Um, Uh-oh. I let all of those winnings ride on the under in the next game and it hit by a half point and it hit by a half point. I believe it. So the under was 46 and yeah. I believe or no 45 and a half. And I believe there was 33 points scored with like the entire third quarter left. 
and then it all just came to a halt, <laughs> gets all the way up to 45. Georgia actually calls a play at the very end there where I thought, like, oh, my God, what if they let him in? They didn't let him in, uh, and it hit. So there you go. Those are the, those are the thrills of DraftKings Sportsbook. Com- the game's completely over. I was glued to the TV. Oh, man. So there you go. You had a fantastic New Year's Eve. Yes, it was a great. <laughs> so good that I just folded up shop for the weekend. Um, <laughs> That's it. Exactly. Uh, and then also want to give a shout out to Saturday Neon Signs. If you notice, I have this big open area. There it is. Um, over my mm. shoulder. It's because I'm just waiting to get a Saturday Neon sign there. I feel like it would be the perfect addition to the wall back there. Uh, and so I just need to, you know, uh, get 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 that Saturday Neon giant buff sign back there uh, to really shine on these lives. Uh, so keep an eye out for that, hopefully sometime mm. soon. Um, Saturday Neon, they have the most awesome neon signs. They're they're really great looking. You can control the brightness on them, which is something that's really cool. Um, you know, you can turn it up so it's really bright like that. You can turn it down so it's nice and dimmed. Um, you can make it blink if you're feeling really crazy. Um, there's all sorts of cool things you can do with it. And then I, I've, I've mentioned this before, but those babies are sturdy because I saw one fall off the wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And survive the fall. So not your average neon sign from our friends over at Saturday Neon. Use the code DNVR over there for 10% off your neon sign. And Will says, that's so dope. And I got to say, they're even cooler in person. Uh, okay, I thought you were going to say something else. So I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, they are even cooler in person. <laughs> um, I have never no mind. idea where you were going. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were just going to say something about a different one of their signs that you liked better. Oh, um, yes, yes, yes. No. <laughs> uh, okay. The Ram sign's really cool. <laughs> we got to hit um, a couple super chats here. So let's actually get to that. And then if we have time at the end, I want to throw out some potential uh, replacement ideas because we haven't hit that yet. So let's see if we have time for that. But first, from Ian B, Drew played precisely how people who are out on him said he needs to and is unable to and is getting zero credit with backups. Teddy contingency tanked us. I, you know, I don't like inserting myself into this Drew Teddy debate because it's like, it's just, you know, it's the, it's absurd. Neither guy is it. Um, And the fact that people go to war about this every single day is just tiring to me, but I can't disagree with this comment. Um, You know, over the last two weeks, Drew has been exactly what people said he couldn't be. Um, And the problem is the Broncos around him, have not been very good. And and that's it's, it's not not his fault that in any way. You know, obviously there's plays out there especially on third down. Um but he's he has done that. He's taken care of the ball, he's stepped up in the pocket, he's made the right read, he's made good decisions for the most part, put two harms away that I remember today. Um so I, I think, you know, Ian has a pretty good point there. Yeah, and like I said, no turnovers. Ryan, I, I, I wouldn't have believed you if you said in the first two games that he started, Drew would have no turnovers. I said, you're lying. So the fact that he was able to do that, I said that's the most important thing for Drew. And credit to him, he went out and did that. I do think his stats are a little better than his actual play was. Uh, like you said, Derwin James dropped two. Now, one of them could have been on Kendall Hinton for sliding. If Kendall Hinton stays up, I don't know if Derwin even gets his hands on that. But the other one to Cortland Sutton, that probably should have been picked but still you you still see drew making strides but ryan people say well drew would have developed into a good quarterback if he would have been given the start of this year i don't believe that at all drew was given 
last year to to prove that, and he went out and led the league in in, in interceptions. So uh, I, I do think that we've seen progress from Drew, and maybe this progress is why a team is going to want to trade a fourth or heck, maybe a third round pick for Drew this offseason. Maybe uh, put him behind a Jared Goff and say the Lions don't want to use their first overall pick uh, or you know a top three pick on a quarterback in this year's draft. So why not get Drew to develop him and then go get a beast on the defense or something? Yeah, uh, I actually think he's played well enough over these last two games that the Broncos are going to want to hold on to him. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see about that. I think that, you know, new coach uh, all come in and they say, yeah, that guy can work for us as a backup. Hopefully, you know, um, if if things go right when your plans in the offseason. Um, so that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that that would be very interesting. And like you said, the key word with that, Ryan, is new coaching staff here because oh, there's yeah, there's no way that drew will be here with this coaching staff yeah in fact when they called that that play after drew hurt his shoulder i was like man they trying to they're trying to get back at him out there for this jeez <laughs> um another one here from alaska Preston. yet another wasted season praying for changes there will be changes undoubtedly there will be changes we'll see how much i think it'll be the utmost uh, the top of the top changes. Everyone's out. Um, I mean, maybe all the way down to like a couple coaches on the staff that'll stay around. But I, I think you might see an entirely new coaching staff next year. Like Mike Munchak is staying and uh, Bill Kolar yeah. is staying if he'd like retire. Yeah, I I'd, I would venture to guess Bill Kolar is going to retire. But you know, I've felt that way for a couple of years now. So uh, I'm definitely not trying to push him out. That's for sure. He's awesome. Uh, you'd love to keep him around. Mike Monchek, the same. You know, he came here because he wanted to be closer to his grandkids. Um, I can't, you know, unless he has a change of heart, he wants to get away from him now. Um, <laughs> I, I can't see any reason why he wouldn't say, like, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to stay around. Um, and so, yeah, that would be uh, it'd be nice to keep those two. You know, you look into – Zach Azani, you look into Curtis Modkins, but those aren't like untouchable guys to whereas I don't think if the if the new coaching staff says, hey, I got a wide receivers coach I really like, you don't tell them like, oh, eh, I think we're going to keep Azani. Like you, if they don't, though, you say, hey, we think we have a good guy here in Azani. Yeah, and Ryan, I, I made the case for why this is the final nail in the coffin. But man, four losses in the past five, you are staring down five losses in the final six games of the season. That's a really hard argument to keep Vic around with that because unfortunately chiefs are playing for something next week. And that means probably going to lose 13 straight to the Kansas city chiefs next week and put Vic's record something terrible in the AFC West in the past couple of years. Yeah. So yeah, if it's so bad that Zach doesn't even know the number off his head, you know, it's bad. Something <laughs> terrible is what it should say next to Vic Fangio's AFC record. Yeah, AFC West exactly. record. Uh, and by the way, one win over the Raiders and Chiefs combined. Uh, that's just not going to do it. You know, I've seen, you know, a lot of coaches, this happens more in college football, but coaches get fired for not being able to win rivalry games. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, that's, that happened to Mike Bobo at CSU. Um, you know, it, you gotta be able to get it done against the, the, the teams that your fans hate the most, uh, and hate losing to the most. And, 
Uh, Vic Fangio has been the absolute worst. Well, not the absolute worst. You'd be almost the absolute worst you could possibly be against the Broncos' most bitter rivals, and that's just not going to cut it. Yeah, he's been something terrible. And so you look at the team that he has been better against, the Chargers. The Chargers, you got to think, are going in the right direction, so it's only going to get more difficult to beat them going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, maybe you don't think they're going in the right direction. I I shouldn't have spoke for you like that. I mean, eh, they're going in some right directions. (laughs) How fun, though, for uh, – this is also a brutal truth. Going into week 18, Ryan, three AFC teams are still in the playoff hunt. Three the Denver AFC Broncos West are teams. Not. Yes, yep. three AFC West teams. The Denver Broncos are not. Have fun for a meaningful week 18 play-in game for the playoffs with the Chargers and or with the yeah, with the Chargers and Raiders. Man, it's a bummer that it's not the Broncos in there. Yep, big bummer. All right, next super chat. All right, in one eight-minute sequence for me and B, Hinton special obliterated, muffed punt, Herbert drives and pretty much wraps up the game. All three phases embarrassed. Not just Pat. No, it was everyone today, but it was also no one, if you know what I mean, because they didn't have anyone out there. Um, so it's why you're not hearing – I'll mention it again. It's why you're not hearing a lot of, you know, analysis from us about what happened today because it was – it was a junior varsity NFL team out there, not to, you know, to make a mockery of any of the guys out there because a lot of guys went in there and, and put some good tape out there. You know, Seth Williams, good job, man. Pat on the back for him, not yeah. just for um, executing the Judy jet sweep to perfection, <laughs> uh, but for making a big time play. Uh, you know, you saw some other guys out there who got some run, who made some big plays. So, you know, good for them. Um, pat on the back, but this was not a, legitimate starting NFL football team. And it showed for the Broncos for sure. I mean, Jonas Griffith and Micah Kaiser, congratulations to both. And I seriously mean this. Congratulations. Both. They both had 12 tackles today. That's huge. But Ryan, we're talking about Jonas Griffith and Micah Kaiser as your two starting inside linebackers. I mean, that is just shows you where the Broncos were. Jonas Griffith specifically was traded for special teams depth. Yep. Special teams depth. <laughs> now, great job by George Payton to get a, a, a valuable player. And we, we looked at the um, the specs on the guy when they got him, and it was like, man, yeah. this guy has everything you need in a linebacker. And honestly, I've been really impressed with him. So he, he'll, you know, be in the discussion in the offseason. And um, great job for guys like that. You know, again, great job for Noah Fant who I feel like has, mm-hmm. you know, really turned things on late here in the season and, um, you know, shut up, shut up some of the doubters like myself. Um, so great job by him. But yeah, I mean, it's tough. It, it was tough out there today. All right. Well, it- uh, Dylan Smith, this might be a hot take, but I think Drew should have started all season. I don't know what all changes, but now we'll never know. Thanks for helping us get through the pain. Thanks for uh, joining us when we have these therapy sessions all too often. Um <laughs> I agree. I'm with you. I think Drew should have started the whole season. It was clearly a waste. And that's not a knock on Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater went out there, played one of the best seasons of his career, if not the best season of his career. But you got what you knew you were getting when you got Teddy Bridgewater, which is a guy who is good enough to maybe make you decent. Um, And with Drew Locke, you had a guy who at least had – you had uh, the potential of more, or at least that was our perspective on it. My perspective specifically, um, 
and I said it last week, if it worked out with Drew, great. That's amazing. You know, you're, you're feeling awesome right now. If it didn't, well, then maybe you're not stuck with the 11th pick. Maybe you have something a little bit better. Now, the 11th pick is really good for the, for the, the way the Broncos season has gone. And by the way, a lot of people asking about that, so I'll just touch on that quickly. Um, still at 11. Didn't move up today, but more importantly, didn't move down. You, I think you could have yep. gone down to like 13, 14 with a win. Yep. Um, so you, you stuck where you were. Maybe next week you get the opportunity to jump up there into the top 10. But even if you stay at 11, that's better than you probably should be or at least we thought a couple weeks ago. I mean, the fact that the Broncos went from truly competing for the playoffs to a borderline top 10 pick was almost best case scenario for when they got eliminated from the playoffs. Cause you tell me yep. Broncos are competing for the playoffs until the final two weeks of the season. I'm saying this is a nightmare scenario. Broncos are going to be picking 17, 16 or something. The fact that they're still right there, right outside the top top 10, Ryan, not only can you make a jump up to get a quarterback with only the cost of a future one, but also that's a really attractive pick and a competitive offer to the Green Bay Packers, to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. All right, I think we have one more super chat. And here it is from Jelly. Uh, so what now, Zach? Talk about changes. Or do we still have a point zero 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 one percent chance of making the playoffs? LOL, I'm trolling, JK. But for real, who's the QB1 in the draft? Hashtag DNVR. Well, I'll tell you who Ryan's QB1 in the draft is. We had our Madden draft on uh, Saturday morning, and he had the number one overall pick. I wish it was, I wish I could say it's because he was really bad, but no, he just traded up for it. Uh, and he went with. Malik Willis. Malik Willis. <laughs> yeah, you know, Madden a little bit more based on traits. Um, yeah. And so I really like those traits of Malik Willis. He's off to a really great start uh, in the preseason there in the Madden League. Um, I still don't know. And, and I'm not going to stamp anyone as the QB1 until I really know. You know, there's been times in the past um, when I when I had stamped QB1 at this time. I think in the past I had had I had settled on Kyler Murray around this time of the year. It took until the Senior Bowl before I thought Baker Mayfield was QB one in that class. Um, and obviously both of those guys went number one, but at least Baker hasn't proved to be the best quarterback in that class. Um, but I'm just not ready yet uh, at all, really. Um, and and I think that's problematic um, that I don't I can't even really say who is that close to being it. And that's what worries me about this draft. I think you have a bunch of QB threes in this draft. That would be QB threes and other drafts. Like for example, I didn't love Mac Jones last year. Now I, I tried to stay away from, from not liking Mac Jones because I think that that's a, a bad place to put yourself. And I was right about that. I wasn't right about Mac Jones, but I was right about uh, not wanting to, uh, you know, say he's going to suck or anything like that. Um, and I think if he was in this class, he would be QB1. Mm, so yeah. that gives you an idea of where I'm at with this class. It's tough. It's really tough to say. Hopefully you get some risers. Um, you know, Desmond Ritter, I was like, man, if he goes and beats Bama, I'll flip my opinion on him entirely. It's not a knock on him that he couldn't do it. He was obviously very undermanned compared to those guys. But he didn't look great. He didn't look special. Um, no, and so you say, okay, well, there's a missed opportunity. The, the senior bowl will create another opportunity for some of these guys. Um, and you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think Matt Corral, actually, if he's okay, took a big step yesterday because although he got hurt, he, they were consistently putting up 31 points at, at Old Miss. He's not there. 
and they put up seven. Their offense looks completely inept. So kind of like Peyton Manning in 2011, yeah. I think we got to see how valuable Matt, Matt Corral is, but that's just one of the guys that that's in the mix. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of guys in the mix and I still don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'll put a guess down right now. I actually think if it's going to be anyone, it would be Malik Willis because there isn't anyone that's shining out. So maybe someone does gamble and just say, Hey, let's, let's get the traits. Let's give him the offense. Maybe you, you hire a Greg Roman uh, to work that offense for him. And, and that's what happens. So, but I really don't know. I, I, I don't have one right now and I don't have a lean towards who it's going to be. That's, that's just like, okay, well you look at the guy and you say, okay, well, if we're looking for a ball of clay that can you know be really special, you maybe go with the guy who's fast, has a big arm, escapable, you know, can be unlocked by playing with much better players than he has played with, etc. You hire Greg Roman and draft Malik Willis. Oh my goodness, I am all about that. And Ryan, it, it goes to you were you were all on it a couple of years ago with with hire Cliff Kingsbury and then draft Kyler Murray and have that. That is not only exciting. That's a plan right there. And it's an oh, entire yeah. organizational plan. And that would be something that not only getting a, a new quarterback, but an exciting quarterback, but then a true plan and commitment. That would be so awesome. It would be so awesome. Uh, it would also be awesome if the Broncos stopped having losing seasons. Uh, we didn't. Oh, we actually have one more super chat here. All right, let's hit this really quick. This That's is the first Broncos. Yeah, exactly. This is the first Broncos game in more than 10 years. I didn't watch a whole game as soon as we fumbled upon. I knew we were done, unfortunately. Can't blame you. Can't blame you. There was an abs game on. I had FOMO because the abs won and it looked like it was exciting and fun and, you know, big players were making big plays and all that type of stuff. And, you know, we were stuck watching that. Something that's going to be so difficult, so difficult for Vic Fangio to overcome next week is all of the red in the stands and all of the no-shows that are there. That honestly itself might be truly the final nail in the coffin because just like Z Reeve said, I mean, it, it, it you didn't want to turn on your TV at home. Could you imagine going, paying $50 for parking? Uh, you should still come to our tailgate, though. Uh, and, and then paying, you know, you have $20. You pay for parking if you take the bus. Exactly. $20 for beer when you're in there. You don't have to pay for beer if you come to our tailgate because we'll got sure. all the beer that you can drink. Paying $20 for food. Again, don't have to do that if you <laughs> eat our sexy pizza. This isn't meant tailgate. to be an ad, but it's working out like a good one. <laughs> exactly. But seriously, you should really come to the tailgate because there's going to be there's probably going to be a lot of tickets available for cheap if you want to go to the Broncos game next week. Oh, this is go it's going to be a bloodbath and you know they're going to put the red in that blood um it's going to be really ugly and really embarrassing and i'm already dreading it um it's going to be cold probably uh it's meaningless game for the broncos a meaningful game for the chiefs it has all the makings of just embarrassment embarrassment for the broncos so very much not looking forward to that um but we will t we'll get you through there and like i said we missed out um I'm sorry about that. We didn't get around to talking about our, some of our favorite candidates to fill the vacancy. I assure you, we will talk about all of that stuff at length throughout this week, throughout next week, throughout the week after that, until it's all in place and ready to go for next year. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in today. This has been fun, uh, as fun as I guess it can be. And uh, on our way out, I want to give a shout out to uh, MSU Denver, msudenver.edu slash online. They're a presenting sponsor of this show, and they are going to present you 
with a great opportunity when you go there. You can work a full-time job while getting your education. Students who attend MSU Denver work twice as many hours as students attending any other college or institution. So you know it's a great place to go and further your degree to hopefully get a better job on the other side of it. So shout out to MSU Denver. Shout out to you, Zach. Shout out to the chat who actually seemed like they got a little bit better after we had a little talk with them. Thank you to all the Super Chats, especially True Champ Fan for a huge Super Chat. Uh, and again, just you know, I want to thank everyone for their support in our fundraiser uh, for the victims of the Marshall Fire. Um, means a lot to us, you know, especially being so close to home for so many of us. Um, and uh, we appreciate you guys deeply. We're thinking of those people. And that's going to do it for us today. We will catch you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos Podcast. Flying cotton